Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Books, Fights, Booze, the podcast. Hey, Alexis. Hey, Madison. How's your week been? Last couple weeks, I guess. I know. It's actually been kind of insane. Me, my boyfriend, Tim, and his sister, Bethany, all moved into a house, and so we have just been packing everything, unpacking everything. Today was kind of the final day where we got everything out of the cars and into the house. So we've just been very tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started a new job last week. So yeah, it was very unexpected. Like I interviewed on Friday, started on Monday. Yeah, so you did. It was so quick, but um, no, it's actually going good. I've just, you know, kind of been getting back in the swings of being a working gal. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so what are you doing? Tell us about your job. Okay, so I'm working for a marketing agency here in Huntsville. And um, I'm kind of doing the same thing that, you know, I was doing at my last job, graphic design. Um, I'm getting more into websites, though, here and like website design and development and that kind of thing. And I actually kind of like it. So it's going good so far. Yay! Too, I guess. So, yeah, so far. We love big kid jobs. <laughs> so we apologize that this episode is coming a little late. Yes. But we've been busy, guys. But we're so excited. Yeah, I actually have a confession. I've been so busy that I actually didn't even start the last half of the book until two days ago. Um, <laughs> but I flew through it, so it was fine. Yeah, I like started it right after we finished the last podcast episode. And then I would put it down, come back, pick it up, put it down, come back like three, four days later, pick it up. But I just, I don't know, it took me forever to get through it too. Yeah, the last time we recorded, I think was right before me and Tim started the move out process because our apartment had a really bad sewage backup in the apartment below us. And so like the entire apartment was flooded with sewage and it was flowing out of their balcony. It's disgusting. Y'all don't need to do the details. But um, yes, so we started the process of finding a new place. And so we signed the lease and it happened super quick, same as your job. And we moved out. So look at us Yay. go. We're making it happen. Yay. That's awesome. <laughs> We're going to be starting the moving process soon. And let me tell you, I'm dreading it. Yes. We'll are y'all going to get apartment, house? What are y'all thinking? I think we're going to rent for a while. Yeah. A house, hopefully, or maybe an apartment. I don't know. We'll just have to see. That's um, so exciting. I'm we're probably going to rent for six months. and then, Yeah, and then start the process of buying. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. The housing market's crazy. I see your fancy drink in the background. Madison, tell me what you're drinking. Okay, so I'm drinking a Sex on the Beach. Oh. And I pulled this recipe, like, straight out of a cocktail book. It came so... Um, my boyfriend got my mom like a bar set for Christmas that mm-hmm. has, you know, like all the little nooks and gadgets and all that kind of stuff. It came with this little cocktail recipe book and I pulled this recipe out of it. You can make these like a ton of different ways with like any juice you really want to. But I made mine with two ounces of vodka, two ounces of orange juice and two ounces of cranberry juice. Yum. An ounce of lemonade. Oh. 
and a splash of this like blood orange flavored vodka that um it's from like effin vodka e-f-f-e-n oh, that's so cute <laughs> it's like vodka but they were at the abc store my mom went to the other day and so they gave her like a free little sample so i just kind of tossed it in here and tried it but anyway it's kind of fruity i don't know it I looks so good but yeah so i didn't make a valentine's drink i made it like a fruity summery drink for some reason but anyway I like it and it's good yes I found this book that my mom gave me for Christmas it's a little cocktail book called tequila mockingbird and so it's like all these cocktails based off of old literary books and so I'm bringing it next week I've been taking the easy way out yes I'm gonna make something from that next week that is so cute okay so tonight I did it super easy we just didn't have a lot of time with moving, but I have my Bogle Merlot. It's like $10 from the wine store. <laughs> I love Bogle. I will say that now. Bogle red wine. It's so good. Awesome. So I'm just having a nice glass of red wine to end my day, relax a little bit. I like that. It's a weekday anyway. Usually we record yes. these on the weekend. So cheers. I <laughs> just use my fingernails. So I can't wait to talk about the book. I'm so excited. This book gave me like the heart flutters. Um, I cried. I laughed. Like this book had it all. I can't wait to talk about the ending because holy crap. What an uh, ending. Yeah. The whole book. I have to say I was kind of like I liked it, but I didn't love it until the last like quarter of the book because it just picked up it I did not expect it to end the way that it did so once it started like once the action started I was in it like I was waiting for the shoe to drop yeah yes like in the middle it almost got to like a comfortable spot where I was like okay so you know like I don't know like right in the middle right when I started the second half they were almost in a comfortable kind of spot and I had no idea what it was leading up to, but okay, let's just, let's just get into let's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So when we left off, they were gearing up for the Halloween party. Yes. And I guess we can run back a little bit through the synopsis for anybody who didn't hear episode two, but just really quickly, it featured two main characters, Tally and Emmett. Tally found Emmett one night in Louisville, and he was about to jump off a bridge and commit suicide. Basically, she talked him down, brought him back to her place. They went and got some coffee, brought him back to her place, and... Just had a great two days, I guess, together. But we learned that Emmett had some secrets, some demons, some things that we didn't really know about. He was very mysterious, and there were a lot of unanswered questions for him in the first part of the book. Tally pretty much is a kind of a quirky, um, she's a therapist. She's into just all kinds of different things. She has two cats. Her favorite movie is Back to the Future. She likes art and jazz music. And she's just kind of like a quirky character, I guess. Yeah. She loves Harry Potter. I mean. Yes. I mean, <laughs> which we know Alexis loves. 
good mile. Um, so anyway, that's where we left off. She was about to take this pretty much stranger that she's known for two days to her family Halloween party. Okay, so Alexis, kick us off with the second part of the book. Okay, so we pick it up. They have just picked out their outfits for Tally's brother's Halloween party, which she describes as like this Gatsby-level, crazy, fancy party. He's a successful finance person from, uh, he's from Louisville, but he works in New York and like does all this stuff and has a huge house. And so they start bonding a little more like i would say it goes from healing friendship to more romance in the second half like they i don't remember when exactly it happens but they like kiss they have this moment of like okay like we want each other like she starts thinking about him a little bit more when we see her perspective and then when they get to the halloween party that's when they start like making out and they're like, okay, like we like each other like this. <laughs> right. And we can see from like Emmett's perspective too, he starts talking about how when he's with Tally, he stopped thinking about committing suicide. So mm-hmm. the first half of the book, it was basically no matter what he was doing, he was still thinking it. We could still see little notes in the book of him still thinking about doing it the next day or next week or whenever in the back of his mind. And I think he started realizing that he doesn't think about that so much when he spends time with her. Yeah. She definitely, like we talked about in the last one, she will keep him talking. And then once it turns to romance, he starts thinking about her more. He doesn't think about himself as much. He thinks about her life, things like he finds himself enjoying things and looking forward to things, which is exactly what Tally was trying to do. She was trying to get him to, think about other things rather than suicide. Right. And she is a therapist. So she kind of already has that background anyway and helps people through this. But she has her own secrets too because he doesn't know that she's a therapist. She didn't want to tell him and spook him and make it weird. But that's kind of why I guess she has such a strong attraction to him because she is a therapist and she wants to help him through this and treat him like one of her patients but on a much higher level because she brought him home with her for the whole weekend yeah I decided to be best friends (laughs) yeah so their Halloween costumes were off the x-files which I've never seen (laughs) I haven't either so I didn't I haven't seen the x-files either but this book kind of made me want to watch it so if anybody's seen the x-files and it's something that we need to put on our watch list. Let us know. Yeah. I feel like we already like everything else that these characters enjoy. So this yeah. is a good sign. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a sign. So, um, but yeah, they were, uh, they were, their Halloween costume was off the X-Files. Um, they were Sully and, or Scully? Sully? I think it's Sully and Molt. I don't know. I'm embarrassing Girl, myself. Trying. I yeah. I don't know. It was something. I don't know. We're like a bonner. Yeah. We are so sorry. We are butchering characters' names. Yeah. It was like partners. They work together. Yes. Yeah. It was something like that. (laughs) They were both dressed sexy and attracted to each other. That's what was happening. (laughs) Basically, they show up to the party. Um, She introduces him to her very large family cousins her sister-in-law her brother her dad her stepmom 
literally the whole nine yards. I was overwhelmed for him reading the book. Like, that sounds like my nightmare. Being at a party like that, like a massive party, you don't know anyone. And especially when he's, like, on the brink, you know, like, he is not in a good mental state. And then he's just, like, thrown into this party and he's just, like, taking it. He's good. With a girl that he thinks he likes. But he's not quite sure. Not really <laughs> sure. Yeah, but he just spent the whole weekend with her. Anyway, it's totally, I would be confused anyway if I was in the situation. Yeah. And the whole buildup while they were at the party of them like eyeing each other. Um, and I loved when it was from Emmett's perspective and he was watching her talk to everybody. And he kept like telling everybody that they were dating because they had the whole cover story of them dating. And like, right. but he really enjoyed playing that part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I loved that too. Yeah, like I said, the heart flutters. There were certain moments where I was just like, yes. oh my God, my I was like, oh my God, kids, kids, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like a teenager again, like so excited. Yeah, so then a big incident happens. Dun, dun. Um, yeah, so they're making out. It's Emmett and Tally making out. And I think they're giving a toast or something's going on. The attention's drawn away from Lionel Tally's brother, and he's dressed up in this big Sasquatch uni- or costume, and he's standing next to the fire pit, and his entire costume, like, it catches on fire, and no one notices it because nobody's facing him, but Emmett sees it out of the corner of his eye and just instantly jumps into action, runs over to Lionel, throws his jacket on Lionel, tackles him to the ground, and, like, when it was happening, I couldn't tell if Lionel was okay or not. I had, like, I was just reading, like, is he severely burned? Does he just have, like, is he okay? Is it just the costume? And then you find out, like, he he's pretty messed up. Like, he's not really conscious. He's in and out of it. He's trying to, like, it was crazy. Right. And, like, at first, we were reading that from Tally's perspective. And she said that they always pull a big prank every year. And she just thought it was the prank that they did this year at the Halloween party to scare everybody, but it actually wasn't. And yeah, he was severely burned and they, Emmett basically saved his life. I mean, the whole family was just so grateful and so thankful for Emmett and they kept telling him and telling him over and over again. And he even went with Tally to the hospital sat with her there that night and I think it was just really I don't know that that's kind of it, it was crazy I thought yeah I think that was the moment when Emmett felt like I don't even know how to say it like a part of her family like he felt more than just the lies that he was telling her like he felt like he was really a friend with Tally like he saved her brother's life like he was labeled as a hero among her entire family because Lionel would have died right so after the hospital and the emotionally charged Halloween party, they sparks fly. <laughs> I mean, adrenaline's on overdrive. Everything just happened. They're freaking out. Tally's freaking out. They go back home and the adrenaline slows down. And then the hormones start kicking and then the boots start kicking and they're just coming <laughs> off and they hook yep. up. <laughs> oh, yes. And it was spicy. And I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Me too. But we won't put that on the podcast. But go read it. <laughs> We're looking for something I mean, spicy. My goodness. Yes. But it had been a long time coming. 
And oh my honestly, goodness. I'm kind of proud of her for like holding out for the amount of time that she did. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Tally, go get your guy. Like I did, I was rooting for him. So yeah, part of me was kind of freaked out. I was like, I mean, is this the time that they need to be hooking up? But then part of me was like, go for it. I mean, your brother yeah, just almost like died. That. Like go. And um, so after that, the next morning it's Sunday. And that is when Emmett had planned to leave. Um, They had said that he, so basically this whole book takes place pretty much Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. So the whole weekend is what is covered in this book. So Sunday comes, they both know that he's getting ready to leave, that he was supposed to leave today this thing with Lionel happened. So that morning he goes back to the hospital with Tally before he leaves just to see Lionel and, um, you know, say goodbye. It was so sad when he was saying goodbye to her cats and everything. Like he packed up all his stuff at the house and he like bent down and loved on the kitty cats. I and I was love like, that. Oh. And it said he thanked them for letting him spend the weekend with them. And Aww. I was like, oh, because I have two cats and you yeah. have two cats. And they, it, oh my God, I loved that. They get attached. That was, that was another little yes. heart. There. Love it. We love a man who loves animals. Yes. Cats specifically. But, <laughs> <laughs> but while they're at the hospital, somebody charges through the doors. Busts up in there. Emmett had finished those emails with Joel, Tally's ex-husband, and he had started the whole email chain a couple of days prior, you know, pretending to be Tally and being like, here's my new email. You know, I just wanted to let you know you really like fucked me over. How dare you? I'm okay, but you suck. You know, whatever he said. And then they kind of emailed back and forth. Yeah, and he's not like sending these like he's tally. I mean, Joel yeah. seriously thinks that he made a fake email to email Joel on Tally's behalf and she has no clue. Like yeah. Thursday night, the first night that he got there. Yeah. So he's been, anyway, he's been sending these emails the whole weekend that he's been there, basically communing, but communicating back and forth with Joel, but Joel thinks it's Tally. So he finishes up those emails, basically being like, she's moved on or Tally saying I've moved on with a new boyfriend, whatever. And then Joel's like, happy for you. Happy you've moved on. Joel thinks they're on great terms. Tally has no idea any of these have gone on. And she thinks that, oh, I'm still on bad terms with my ex-husband. I still hate him and I'm not over this. And then who barges through the hospital doors at bright and early in the morning? Joel. Ex-husband. Literally. They've squashed everything. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell? This is the first time seeing you. Why are you here? And it could not be poor timing because we're seeing from Emmett's side, he reveals that his real name is not Emmett. And we don't know what his real name is. We don't know who he is. We know he has has some backstory that he's hiding and like people have been recognizing him, but we don't know. And he's just about to reveal the truth to Tally when Tally sees Joel. (laughs) Yeah, so Emmett is you know, gearing up. He has been for, I guess, the past couple chapters. Um, Well, the first couple chapters in the second part of the book, he's saying, Emmett's not my real name. I'm going to tell her the truth. 
before I leave on Sunday, I'm going to tell Tally the whole truth about who I am. So his real name is Ryland Kipping, K-I-P-P-I-N-G, Ryland Kipping. He is not from Clementine, like he's been saying he is. He's from a little town called Bloom. It's outside of Clementine, though, so it was kind of close. Yeah, like he just didn't want her Googling Bloom and then finding who he is. Yeah, so we already know that Christine was his wife that passed away, but we didn't know how. And Brenna was somebody that he was keeping a secret or wasn't ready to talk about to Tally yet. So she had asked him, who's Brenna? And he just said, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. So we were right with our assumption that Brenna was his daughter, him and Christine's daughter. Apparently, he comes forward with this whole story. Well, actually, Tally looked it up on Google and found the whole story. He didn't tell her. But his wife, Christine, was very depressed, had a lot of mental health issues. To the point where he would try to get her to go to a mental institution or a um, mental health hospital for the weekend or however. That he said he had to quit working to watch over her more. That she wasn't always capable of being a mom to the kid, to Brenna. So he had to take over the household duties and being a dad and working all the time to provide for the family, and it just mm-hmm. got too much. So one night, he basically told her that he thought she should go away for a while and get some professional help because she wasn't taking her meds and that she was just totally going off the hinges. But she took that as he was leaving her. Yeah, she did not think it well. She was just like, you hate me, you're leaving me, like, you don't even want to be around me. And he kept trying to, you know, calm her down and be like, no, Christine, like, I love you. I just, I want to do what's best for us and what's best for our daughter and whatever. And he was like holding her to try to calm her down. But he's so exhausted just physically and mentally at this point that once she seems to the point of just strictly okay, he's like, I just need some air. And he just like walks outside And he goes for a quick walk. I mean, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Like he's not gone for a long time. And when he comes back, the garage door is shut and she has started the car and killed herself with the carbon monoxide. And then he runs inside and Christine didn't realize it. But by running the car, it killed her and the fumes flooded the house and also killed Brenna, their daughter. Right. So Emmett got Brenna out of the house and pulled Christine out of the car and tried to give them CPR in the front yard until the ambulance got there because neighbor he had screamed for help and neighbors across the street had seen what was happening, called an ambulance, so they were on the way. But he tried to give them CPR. They were already gone. It didn't help. Yeah. Basically, once the autopsy came back, She had taken all of her medication at the same time. He took that as her saying, fine, you want me to get help? You know, you want me to take my medication? Well, here, I'm taking all of them. Yeah. And when her autopsy came back, the police accused 
Emmett of killing her by drugging her and framing a suicide that also killed their daughter. Awful. Yeah, and we already know from the first half of the book that him and Christine's relationship was strained because she was white. She came from a very prestigious family, and he was not white. And her family had a lot of money, a lot of power in that small town of Bloom. So basically, whatever they wanted, they got. And we see that all the time, I think, in the justice system today and how unfair. And um, And I'm pretty sure she was Christine Bloom, right? She was the family was like the town was named after her family. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But basically, he was treated as a suspect and found guilty of two counts of first degree murder, one for Christine and one for Brenna. And he spent a total of 624 days, I believe. Around there, yeah, over 600. Over 600 days in prison, um, but he was sentenced to life without parole. But a innocence project found him and believed that he was innocent and believed that Christine's family was holding some kind of power over this. Yeah. And basically fought for his innocence so he was freed but he said that even you know when he well we learned this from his perspective that even when he was free it didn't help um I mean your wife committing suicide and accidentally killing your daughter in the same time yeah that's just no matter what that's I just that's not something that you easily come back from no, as we see from him. Spending over two years in prison for it, for people, you know, thinking that you did it. And he said even when he got out of jail, people still assumed that he did it just because of how the town was. Yeah. I mean, he was just constantly walking around. Everyone would hate him, yell at him, call him names, spread rumors. I mean, even when he got a job and tried to rebuild his life, it just wasn't happening. And so he finally... That's what kind of drove him to be in the suicidal state. And that's what made him leave and try to commit suicide. Yeah, end up on the bridge. But, um, so I understand why he lied, do you? Oh, I totally understand. And he said it to Tally that every time that someone found out who he was, they just treated him different. And it wasn't like he was his own person. Right. Um, but he did say that, you know, when he was like on that bridge that night that he prayed for a sign and mm-hmm. Tally came. And so I think he just started looking at her as his reason to live and yeah. her is like almost this angel that came to him because he didn't want to jump off that bridge, but he felt like there was no other way to get away from the scrutiny and the mess that his life had became. So, and then when Tally read that she made the comment like I wouldn't believe this if I wasn't reading it firsthand in these news articles like I would not believe this if you had told me and so she kind of starts not to forgive him per se but she understands what's going on and then they kind of start to move past it because they're at the hospital with her whole family and her ex-husband's there and they don't really have time to deal with it and then how did what exactly happens next? I know that the patient thing comes out. 
Yeah, so um, then it comes out that she's a therapist. Yeah. And I think Joel was the one that fir- that had first mentioned that. Of course it was. <laughs> kind of like a, a, a dick move, almost like jealous move, because she told him that she wasn't the one that Joel was communicating back and forth with, that it was Emmett the whole time, and that she had just let it play on, which wasn't true. Yeah, But I guess she didn't want to make Emmett look bad. I'm not sure. But so he finds out she's a therapist. She finds out his extensive, really sad family history and everything that he's gone through and why ultimately that he was standing on the bridge that day. Yeah. He Um, does not take it well. He does not. Yeah, he's ready to go. The second that he hears the term patient... I think he just feels violated and like he just feels like it's not someone he's been confiding in. It's been someone who's been like analyzing him, scrutinizing. Yeah. Yeah. So he just immediately leaves the hospital, goes to the car, is ready to go when she is. Right. So then um, in the first part of the book, I'm not sure if we mentioned this last podcast episode or not, but. He had wrote a letter to his parents um, explaining that he was ending his life and, you know, that he loved them and blah, blah, blah. But basically, he mailed them a letter the day that he was going to jump off the bridge. And he hadn't contacted them since to let them know that he didn't. So, they've if they received the letter, which they did... Whenever they received it, though, they've been thinking since that time that their son was dead. Yeah. And she, Tally, has been begging him to contact them, let them know that you're okay, they're going to be worried sick. And so once all this stuff blows up um, and they kind of decide to go their separate ways, I guess. It was kind of a situation where he helped her, she helped him. It was a horrible time. They got each other through it, but, you know, at the end of the day, their whole relationship is based on lies, and so they kind of decide it's time for them to separate. Their weekend is up. She drives him to Bloom. He reunites with his family. His parents are sobbing. It's actually really beautiful. That was one of my favorite moments of the book, was seeing his reunion with his parents. And So he stays with them. They take him to a mental hospital for a couple of days. Um, Tally goes back home. They both start healing. He gets out of the mental hospital. And then after that, it kind of starts flashing forward with both of them just to kind of wrap it up and show where they go. Um, They don't come back together. They end up going and moving on. Uh, He moves to Nashville. Rye meets a girl. He starts to move on. Tally ends up getting with Nico, the sexy boyfriend from college. (laughs) And so they, I loved that. I loved that they came back together full circle. And um, so she goes back with Nico and moves on from Joel. And then the final scene of the book, it shows them both at an art gallery. She sent him all these text messages, hasn't heard from him. She sends him an invitation to meet her at the art gallery. And then he shows up and she's adopted a baby and what she's always wanted. She's just, it, it's just a really beautiful closing. She always wanted a baby. She thought at the beginning that it would be with Joel. He left her 
and um, married his mistress and started a family with her instead. So Backstabbing. I love that. I love that, you know, she still got to be a mom and that honestly, kind of that she ended up with Nico because oh, they saw each other at the Halloween party. It was like sparks. Like she was, there was a little ping of jealousy in her when she thought that he had brought a date and I don't know. You could just kind of tell that there was something there. Yeah. I think at the beginning, maybe I wanted them to kind of end up together. But seeing everything that he had went through, I think definitely that he needed professional help. But I thought that the rest of it, he truly needed to figure out on his own. Yeah. And if they would have stayed together, that they would have been using each other kind of as a crutch almost. I agree. It was like a very, I thought it was going to be a romance book between the two of them, but it wasn't like, it really was like they brought each other back from their own like personal hells, you know? Yeah. And I think that Tally needed it almost just as bad as Emmett did. Yeah. She was still caught up in this headspace of being hung on to Joel and stalking him and looking at his social media accounts, logging into his Facebook account. And just still hung up on that, wanting to be a mom, but not being a mom and watching Joel start this life. Yeah, I just, the ending was, I I I loved it. I wasn't expecting that much trauma from Emmett's side. I knew that it was going to be a lot, but I didn't think it it was going to be that and that horrible and horrific. Yeah. Your wife and your daughter. Yeah, that was awful. And Overall, again, like I said, I liked it throughout the whole book. But once it started with that plot twist at the end, I was just like, oh, my God, I love it. Yeah, me too. So let's give it a writing. Wrap it up with a writing, Alexis. I really loved it. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five because I feel like if I give it a three, that's too low. Like, I really, really liked it. If I'm giving it, yeah, four out of five stars. I'm giving it a three out of five. Yeah. So I liked it, but you already know that like romance or what this kind of book isn't my genre. Yeah. So I liked it, but you know, I just, it, it was one of those that didn't keep me page turning, you know, like I wasn't always having to know what happened next. And that's the kind of book that I like, but I am satisfied with the ending. Yeah. Um, glad that it was kind of wrapped up for us we know that they don't end up together that they're with separate people and where their lives kind of went so I am happy that the ending kind of wrapped everything up for us agreed if it wasn't for the ending and that plot twist I would have given it a three out of five but the last like 50 pages yeah they they saved it for me yeah it was really good I liked it I'm very happy with our first book choice Yay! First book of the podcast! Yay! So let's really quickly, um, at the end of this episode, introduce the book that we are doing next. Yay! And it is The Dating Plan. Yeah. Okay, I had to make sure that was the right title. So it is The Dating Plan. We're going full Valentine's Day. Yeah, litter. Yes, we are. This is perfect for Valentine's Day, which is Sunday. So get reading. But it's by Sarah Desay. 
Um, I'm going to get started reading on it immediately. Uh, yeah, I already have it right there on my bookshelf. I'm ready to go. I have it in my room. So if you chose the dating plan as your January or February book of the month, then start reading. We will be halfway through on the next episode. Whoop, whoop. And of course, we're going to bring you guys more drink recipes. Um, okay, I have to say your Super Bowl charcuterie board that you posted on the Instagram. It yeah. looked amazing. So for the Super Bowl, that'll be our recipes. Okay, we're kind of skimming you guys on the recipe this week. But I'm so sorry. Worry. Yeah, we're so sorry. We're just so unorganized this week. Like, we're going to get better. We promise. Stick with us. Yes. We've had some technical difficulties. You don't need to there trying to record this episode. Dogs barking, people ringing doorbells, internet. Ridiculous. Y'all just, oh my gosh. We're just appreciative that you're here. <laughs> but yes. we're going to bring you guys more recipes next episode, more drink recipes, and of course, book discussions. Yes, and as always, you can find more of Madison's delicious recipes on Books Bites Booze, the Instagram. They look incredible. She takes great photos, keeps you updated for all of your Super Bowl game stuff, charcuterie board needs. Yeah, <laughs> so my chicken pot pie recipe from the last episode I put on there, so you can either re-listen to the episode to get the recipe or just go check out the Instagram and uh, if you would like a referral code to get a free book for Book of the Month, shoot us an email at booksfightsboos at gmail.com. Yay! Um, and we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks, a week and a half. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> love it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Madison.